Welcome to rural Inaba, a town on the rise, in murders per capita. Can our hero save his friends from low-resolution TV? I'm sure we'll find out, because this week, every day's great. About to have a really good time. I'm ready. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Every Day's Great. And it is great. It's really great. Not in every way, but in a lot of ways. <laughs> Today's our first episode. Are you excited, Nick? I'm very excited. Are you excited, Caleb? I'm pretty excited, Nicholas. Thank you for joining us, everyone. You may remember us from that other podcast we do, Your Two Show. <laughs> it's about Sonic the Hedgehog. It has not yet left the runway, and we're, we're putting another we're putting another plane right behind it. We're stacking these planes. <laughs> 50 miles high. Welcome to the 50 miles high club where we put all the planes on top of each other. Welcome to the welcome to the four feet high club. They never thought we would do it, but we're doing it. Thousands of people told us we would we would never, never do, do it. We actually specifically were told, do not do this. Tens of twelves of people Tens. said this will never happen. They'll never make it work. Dozens of our closest haters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our, uh, our, our most loved haters. <laughs> uh, we are playing Persona 4 in approximately real time. <laughs> yes. Our initial plan was for this intro episode to be two weeks. We wanted to make sure the first episode was action-packed and uh, full of things to do. And it turns out one week is plenty. Yes, especially for the <laughs> beginning of the game. So at least for the first week or so, we're going to be tracking one week behind. Yeah. But soon we will catch up and make sure that you are right, right on top of what's brand new in the Persona world. Before this week, I had only ever played the first like two hours of Persona 3, mm-hmm. and I played it while I was very sleepy, and I thought, oh heck nah, I'm not going to do this right now. But <laughs> with my good friend Caleb at my side, taking notes and periodically giving me very good advice, I am uh, at the control pad helm of Persona 4 Golden. So Persona is a series of games primarily concerned with high school students using the power within themselves to stop people from being murdered. I hope so. (laughs) Like, eventually they stop them from being murdered. God! (laughs) I actually have never played the first two Persona games, but what it is as a game is it is half social sim, where Mm -hmm. you're hanging out with people and living your day-to-day life. Going to school as Mm -hmm. as a high schooler. And, and make, making friends, making dates, making arbitrary dialogue choices yes. that sometimes have consequences. <laughs> and then half Dungeon Crawler. Mm-hmm. Persona is yep. especially important because it was the first game to mash these two things up. Yeah. Where the dungeon crawling affects the social sim and mm-hmm. vice versa. So the friends you have during the day affect the kinds of magical creatures you have at your disposal during the night and in a way it's a kind of like a fractal recursion of real high school life because in your real life you'll go to school during the day and then you'll come home and you'll play a video game Uh but the video game you're playing encapsulates that it wraps that up okay now you're home from real school so now go to video game school for a few minutes and (laughs) then go 
to video game video game. <laughs> so really, really, when I first played this game, Persona 4, in high school, yeah. I really was going two levels, two Inception layers yep, deep. Yep, you were getting double double persona I was getting twice the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Our plan for this is we're going to follow the calendar and yeah. uh, go piece by piece, talk about what happens that day, talk about cool stuff. Mm-hmm. On slow days, of which there are none this week, <laughs> we'll hopefully talk about some of the cuter details and yeah. smaller stuff that happens in this world. I'd like to go ahead and apologize for my voice today. Ah, uh, you're a fine. Bit, a little bit uh, sickly, and so it's. We're funny just going to hear. for it. The thing I've learned from Persona so far is that everything's made up, and your plans don't matter. Oh, you thought you were just going to school? No, everyone's dying. Oh, you thought that you were going to go into this dungeon? No, you don't have glasses. <laughs> like everything's a speed bump, but you just keep going. Every day is great anyway. So let's kick it off at the beginning. This game begins on April 11th. We first awaken in this blue limo, mm-hmm. a man with a long nose and a woman in, in a in a blue uh, cadet suit, like a space a space suit. She looks so, kind of like a spacesuit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to be more of like a bellhop outfit. Okay, got it. They are there, and Igor does a tarot reading of us and says that soon we will make a contract. We'll come back to that place, and also that there's going to be a great calamity it's a lot right off the bat yeah there's no context for who you are there's no context for what you're doing what are you seeing there's just a man talking to you about tarot cards a man with a giant nose yeah welcome welcome to the velvet room is not what he sounds like but it's basically it's basically that that's how he sounds our hero avery desgret (laughs) it's from the french uh desgret desgret yeah Mm -hmm. avery is coming from the big city to live with his uncle, Dojima, in rural Inaba. Which is a place in Japan. It's a real place. I'm curious, what did you get an impression on why Avery was coming to Inaba? Uh, they said that his parents had to go abroad or for work mm-hmm. or something. And so that's that's why. Like, this is his closest relative or the one that's willing to take him in or something. Yeah. But there's no other, there's no specific reason given. You're just on a train headed to rural Japan. To live with your uncle and niece. I believe Dojima is your mom's brother in this case. I think that's right. He yeah. picks you up at the train station. Uh, we're also playing Golden, so you run into this girl, Marie, who uh, picks up a note we had with our address on it. And Nanako is your little niece. She's adorable. Everything you say makes her scared from <laughs> behind her yeah. dad. It almost seems like she's like nervous to meet you. Yes. Like she's kind of like, oh, hi, and then like hides behind her dad. I- I've had that exact experience with young kids before. Where they're like, like a little bit nervous to meet you, and they hide behind their parents. <laughs> and Dojima is like the dad. He's got a cigarette hanging from his mouth constantly. He's got a jacket slung across his shoulder at all times. He's dad noir. He's dad That's noir. his aesthetic, yeah. And it's exactly right. Something that I like about some of the designs in Persona, especially this one, yeah. is that they're not even trying to make his, his appearance seem any more complicated. They yeah. want it to be immediately like... These are the things you are tying to this yes. person. When the tropes are useful, mm-hmm. they're right there. Yeah. Like, good, you're oriented. And that that's important because the story has given you nothing up to this point. It's fascinating that it can drag out this one week of gameplay over hours and hours. Yeah. And it still feels like it's coming at you too fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it does give you that feeling of, like, getting reoriented into a new town. You're the blank hero. Like, mm-hmm. you are you. Whoever you are in your real life. You just moved to a new town. Mm-hmm. So you have to go like, oh, my parents, my real parents had to leave for work for some reason. And yeah. I'm, this is my real uncle. And now I'm lost and confused because I'm in a new town. So uh-huh. it kind of works in that regard. And then you, 
we all uh, Avery. Yeah, how, we haven't decided how we're going to just talk about this on the podcast. Avery uses the royal we, yeah. and so sometimes <laughs> we'll say we did this, and sometimes we'll say Avery did it, and those are the same person. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's exactly a good way to put it. <laughs> Avery, Dojima, Nanako, they drive from the yeah. train station toward the house, mm-hmm. and when they get close, they have to stop at a gas station to get some gas. Uh, Nanako gets condescended to by a gas station employee. Yeah, he sits on the left. That's the one this direction. It's the one you use in your chopsticks with. The ones you don't use chopsticks with. Mm. It's very important that you hold your chopsticks in the right hand. Mm. We need to normalize people and we need to keep them doing exactly the same thing as everybody else does. That's very, very important. Otherwise, if you're sitting at a table in a circle, though, you'll all bump into each other. You're all bumping elbows. Yeah. Yeah. So a gas station employee offers us a part-time job, gives us a little handshake. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we're still really tired from traveling, but we head back home and we have dinner. Amazing platter of food. The food in this game. Ooh-wee. I love Japanese food. I love depictions of Japanese food in media. Anytime I watch a, uh, a Miyazaki movie, I want to eat that food so bad. Like, I, that happened to me a couple of times in this game. We're just seeing the little pixelated renderings of these little box lunches and stuff. It's just like, yes, I'm going to eat that food. I came home last night after we played and got Japanese food. Yes! <laughs> I read a really great little Twitter thread a few days ago about how food is so important to world building. Mm-hmm. And how when a game or a comic or whatever ignores food and what the characters are eating. Yeah takes so much away from the story it it makes it feel vacant vacant mm-hmm. like you're in a you're in a stephen king story or something <laughs> where am i something's missing but i can't tell what these people are wandering around without purpose and without hunger <laughs> that's my favorite stephen king book where nobody's hungry anymore and it takes them like a month to figure that out <laughs> The snack tower. (laughs) Unfeedable. Um. (laughs) Yes. But the food is great. And Mm -hmm. um, I forget what we had for dinner that first day. God, it's been a long week. I think it was another sushi platter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yes, it's been... (laughs) Gosh, it's been a really long week. And then you're like wandering around the house and you you find fried rice in the fridge and you eat that too. Well, one of the things that makes Persona work is you're cramming a lot of time together really uh-huh. fast. And so having to actually experience like the time we went into that dungeon was literally a week ago. What even happened? I think it's going to be a fun part of this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a good balance is I'll keep notes for stuff we definitely need to talk about. Yeah. And then I'll ask you what you remember. Right. We and just see get- what comes up. Speaking yeah. of which, yeah. during this intro and then right now that night, we watch a news report on oh. a specific topic. Right. Do you remember the topic? That was the first mention of the affair. So there's yes. a there's yes. like a, a, a congressperson or a council person. Taro or, uh, Namatame. He's the head of a... He's like the assistant to a council person, okay. I think. But okay. he's some kind of politician. Yeah, I kind of miss that. Kind of like, you know, fat cat. He's uh, a politician s- who is... Sitting up on in... Japanese Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Who was married to a famous person. A famous singer, I think. She's like a like an opera singer or something. But he was having an affair with a local reporter. A journalist. Named Mayumi Yamano. And so this comes out that they're like having an affair and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Nanako's like, this is boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nanako and the TV is one of the biggest things in this story for me right now. Yeah. I am deeply moved and disturbed by Nanako's relationship to this television. She's a five-year-old girl who spends a lot of her time alone and therefore has become very, very attached to their bad TV. Right. It hasn't been super explained Mm -hmm. yet, but we know that she doesn't have a mom right right now. And Dajima is at detective school or Hikeo wherever he Dojima. works. <laughs> Hikeo Dojima. Creator of Metal Seer Gallad. <laughs> exactly. He's hard at work at the at the games factory. Mm-hmm. Um, cranking Stre- out. Stress dadding. He's b- <laughs> stressed. 
Daddy! <laughs> We're really looking forward to Hikio Dojima's new game, Stress Dadding. Stress Dadding. <laughs> oh my god. So he's he's swinging a hammer at the games factory all day long, breaking those fourth walls. Mm-hmm. Anna? <laughs> And uh, but he's often at work and leaves Nanako at home. But she is very self-sufficient. And I had a friend growing up who had a similar situation where she had to take care of herself a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. from like a surprisingly young age, doing all the household responsibilities, making and ordering food, everything from laundry to dish keeping, you know, yeah. the dishwashing to like putting yourself to bed and waking up every morning, like all the stuff. And mm-hmm. like you're very fortunate in a certain way to live in a world where you don't have to take on a huge amount of responsibility from a young age. Mm-hmm. Like if you've had a childhood that facilitates you just like playing video games and being an asshole, you're lucky <laughs> in a certain way. And maybe the rest of the world is suffering because of it. But you can like you go like, oh, my God, a six year old girl like alone at home. She's fine. It's not that Nanako isn't believable. It's just yeah. that it's sad. It's sad. And, mm-hmm. and it is real. And mm-hmm. you can entrust kids to do a lot of things and they will. And like, yeah. that's good. You should that's a like a good thing to do but you should also monitor them more than nanako's being monitor monitored. them and take care of them and yeah. like yeah and she's growing up kind of sad and detached and the <laughs> way and the thing that gets me every time is something's happening and then her she's like looking at you across the table and then her head just swivels 120 degrees around to the tv she picks up the remote control <laughs> and like clicks the tv on yeah the first time this happens it's funny dojima leaves and you two are alone and she tries to think of something to say, I guess, for a second. And then after a moment of silence, just turns the TV on. <laughs> <laughs> just looks away from you at the TV. And mm-hmm. it's like, fine. But then she does it all the time. Like after dinner, she's just sitting and watching quiz shows. And it's like, oh, sad. Jojima 2 is not reliable. And part of it is because his job is so unreliable. He's a detective, which I, we find out. Yeah. Um, and but, so he has to deal with crimes as they arise. And this is a particularly crime heavy week. Yeah. But this apparently happens a lot. And I only just now realized that she kind of has the role of the, like, dejected housewife in this situation Mm -hmm. in a certain way. Like, she, like, if this was his wife. Yeah. And she was just at home going, well, he's not coming home again tonight. It would be a very different tone. Yes. But she kind of absorbs both of these roles of having to kind of take care of him Mm -hmm. and be, like, she's, she doesn't get to be his daughter Yes. She is his roommate slash caretaker. Yeah. At the age of six. That's yuck. Boy. But it means it's a good situation for you to enter into. Yeah. Because it's 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 a family that needs you there, in a sense. Yep. And so it's cool to right off the bat be like, you're making a positive impact on this kid's life just by being another person around. Yep. And that's great. And mm-hmm. and then the way that it the the way that the game presents questions for you to ask her or things to say to her mm-hmm. I-, I noticed that you can ask her about her dad mm-hmm. which seems like the wrong thing to do in mm-hmm. fact because she spends all of her time thinking about him i guess or too much of her time thinking about him yeah then there's an option to ask her about her like mm-hmm. to ask a question like you can say like are you worried about your dad or you can say like, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then there's like the third one, which is just dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Don't say anything, which I can never do in a video game. Uh-huh. And every once in a while, there's one that's just like, that must be really sad. You must be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and and she plays those things off or, or mm-hmm. answers them, you know, honestly enough, but kind of in like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. It's almost ap- always apologetic. He works so right. much. You know, I'm so sorry right. for him. And it's interesting that you bring that up because it is like... You could even see a little bit maybe the draft where this was like a couple that you were coming and learning about. Yeah. But it, I think the game is very served by having Nanako be a figure that 
you can get into a nice, like helpful relationship yeah. with that doesn't put you in the middle of adult relationship. Oh, dynamics. absolutely. Yeah. So that night, uh, we have a dream mm. where we are in a very, very foggy place with a pathway. Oh yeah. And there's a voice speaking to us and saying like, are you chasing me? Like, what oh, are you yeah. doing? And we push our way through this foggy path, do a brief fight where we try to fight a shadowy figure. We can't fully see. Oh, right. And then it like causes, calls forth more fog and then you like definitely can't even hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're holding a golf club maybe or yeah, later or- you hold a golf club. I can't remember. Now this feels like a foggy dream that I yeah. had, which is good. <laughs> it, it, it says things to you like, ha you can't hit me. There's nothing you can do about this. <laughs> yeah. And it says, you know, you're nowhere near strong enough to catch me. Yeah. And then you wake up. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. I had, I had forgotten about that part. Yeah. I wonder wonder who that was or what that means so in the first day you get a glimpse into the velvet room Mm -hmm. which i have no idea what that is i don't know what that is i don't know who these people are i don't know why this is the thing yeah in a persona game because i did in the two hours of persona 3 i did get to the velvet room and see this guy there Mm -hmm. and then he started saying a bunch of stuff and i was falling asleep and i was like no way no thanks (laughs) i don't know who you are what's happening here but i don't want to do this Mm -hmm. and in this game it starts you with that right off the bat but still doesn't contextualize it it just assumes it either is assuming hey this is a persona game so you know this already or it's mysterious and you don't know and you're just dealing with this weird thing this was the first game i played too so i had the same experience Mm -hmm. and i played it with absolutely zero context nobody i can't had, imagine doing that nobody had told me anything about persona except i love this game and so i went to buy it yeah. uh used mm-hmm. from a GameStop in a mall yeah and even used at the point that i bought it which was several years after it had come out yeah it was still 60 dollars. it was one of those games yeah yeah and it was one of the last games to come out for the playstation 2 so oh i had a playstation 3 at the time but i had to get it for the ps2 right and that was an interesting thing for me because i was going back and playing this game on an older device uh-huh. that i had never heard of before uh-huh. about a week before when my friend said it was one of his favorite games ever oh wow and then having this very strange experience of of like I had no idea how to play this game. I had no idea how long it was or what was happening in it. But I got roped into the story so fast by this mystery that it was all I could think about for like weeks. And and for me, I have a lot more sort of cultural detritus gathered around the idea of Persona. Mm -hmm. I'm like hyper aware of its designs and aesthetics and I have an appreciation for its like all that stuff, Mm -hmm. the style and the UI stuff because I do that for work part of the time and like. I'm, I'm aware of it in that context, but yeah. I always look at these menus and go like, oh, this is really cool, but I don't know what this means. <laughs> I don't know what any of this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that. And then I also am aware of the length of the games mm-hmm. and the fastidiousness with which you must approach them yeah. and that you must maximize your days. I find that completely paralyzing mm-hmm. in video games. I, I can't, I like, it makes me freak out yeah. because I'm very anxious and and like, sort of hyper retentive about that stuff i don't want to mess it up and you're telling me that i could say the wrong thing at some point and like fuck up the rest of my gameplay one of the funny things about persona games for sure is that when you beat it and go back to play it again uh you have a much much better time not just because of the new game plus but just because this game doesn't really explain in detail yeah how important some of its stuff is or how much some of your choices matter. And so especially the first time you play, you're trying everything out. You're yeah. okay, I'll spend this afternoon eating a burger or I'll spend this afternoon studying. Right. And eventually you start realizing what's important and what isn't. And yeah, there's a part of me that appreciates that. 
but there's a part of me also where like people tell me to play these long like repetitive rpgs and i'm like i don't want to do that and then yeah. i say oh i liked this really long book that i read and people are like i'm never going to read that <laughs> and i'm like well these are two forms of the same thing mm-hmm. uh except i'm better than you but the <laughs> <laughs> it's a, except it's... i play these games too and i don't read books anymore so the, the tables have turned <laughs> it's a game that wants you to play it for 50 hours twice to learn it right like yeah <laughs> like that's kind of wild but on the other hand the people who love these games do seem to establish mm-hmm. a sort of relationship with them. Yeah. Part this is it, like the ultimate hangout game in a certain way. Yeah. Because you're just chilling most of the time and you poke around, you do whatever you want, you take your time, yes. go to the TV world or don't. Like, yeah. You spend way more time with these characters actually hearing them yeah. say things that matter and having conversations mm-hmm. than you do with almost any other characters in video games that's yeah that's true right off the bat even in even in talky games like mass effect bioware's games Mm. you are largely having conversations with them in a few brief moments where Mm -hmm. you because of how much choice they give you on who you bring where you're having little tiny conversations with them or a quest just about them persona is a game that's just as long as those games Mm -hmm. but you are always listening to all of them talk and grow and build off of each other in a way that makes them feel a lot more organic and real and accessible and and there are a lot fewer dialogue choices aren't there Mm -hmm. like mass effect will have you interject your garbage thought that means nothing mm-hmm. every three or four, like two or three lines yeah. half the time, right? Like you're, you're an active participant in every single conversation. Yeah. A lot of these conversations, you don't say anything. Yeah. I like that actually. That's part of your character too. Right. They it's, talk about you being like quiet and kind of like chill. Uh, what a relief. Yeah. It's really, really well done. I actually like that a lot. Uh, one thing I keep thinking, oh, one thing I like about Breath of the Wild so far mm-hmm. is that it's not that what you say doesn't matter. It's that the story is happening. Yeah. And so when you have dialogue choices, they're usually like two or three roughly equivalent options. So you can put a little spin on it. Mm-hmm. Somebody might say something a little different if you're a little bit ruder or a little bit nicer or yeah. something. But it's not going to change. The, I, I appreciate that it's not going to yes. change the context. Mm-hmm. I don't like that in video games most of the time. Yeah. I want to play a good story. I don't want to ruin it with my like... Like, I don't know what the story is. <laughs> you tell me what the story is. Yeah. And let me play along with it. So mm-hmm. this is doing a really good job of balancing that so far and, and making it like characterizing ourselves mm-hmm. in it. And some of the times it is very important what you say, apparently. Yeah. But it's not it's not paralyzing to me, mm-hmm. like in the way that I that I sometimes can feel. This is a game that wants you to learn its philosophy and it yeah. rewards you for doing so because yeah. the more you start responding in ways that are in line with its philosophy Uh, the better you start doing in little ways like the more you are supportive and yeah the more you are active yeah and you need to defend people you need to act for people you need Mm -hmm. to say i get you and you you have the option to not say the right thing yeah but it's not good (laughs) and the downside to doing that is the creator their opinion is going to come through the creators their opinions are going to come through even when they are problematic and bad. Right. And so it is also a game that is sometimes reinforcing behaviors and ideas that I don't agree with or that people don't agree with. Yep. Specifically regarding gender, which we'll get into eventually. That is one of the downsides of creating a very uh, philosophically charged game. Right. If you are a shithead in some respect, that's going to come through. It's going to be obvious. (laughs) Whereas um, I think a lot of the people who, uh, uh, I, I think people who, well, never mind. April 12th is the next day, and we go to school for the first time. We're going to our new school, our brand new school. 
Yasugami High. Yes. I believe. I, y- yes, Ogami. I think so. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Ogami. Yeah. Yes, Okami. Yes, Okami. It's the, it's the game with the wolf. Nanako makes breakfast for everybody. Uh, yeah. Nanako is awake before everyone and makes everyone omelets. She calls up to you, hey, breakfast is ready. And I remember joking at that point and like, oh, God, it's really nice for somebody to make breakfast for you. God, that, <laughs> that that's amazing. Yeah. And then I felt very bad about that as time went on. She's so tiny. The way the graphics are, she's almost... She's like about as tall as the oven itself. Yeah. So she's got to be like, like with her arms up in the air, like shifting the pan around and like pulling it down to look at it and then putting it back up. <laughs> Hopefully she has a step stool. Oh, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. But she might be no scoping the breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was me forgetting that step stools existed. <laughs> You've um, lived as a tall person for so long that you don't. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be short anymore. Oh, God. Caleb and I are both unfortunately over six feet tall. And it's... <laughs> We're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, some nerd crashes his bike on the way to school. <laughs> he just, just ball busts himself completely on his bicycle. It's a... Oocha. And you decide... Or we decide that we should continue on. That's another thing about the game's narrative style, is mm-hmm. that sometimes you look at a situation and then the game says... You decide to keep going to school, <laughs> like which is good too because it helps characterize you. Yeah, the, the game is telling you sort of who you are mm-hmm. and and what you would do. Now in this regard, I disagreed. I would check on the ball boy. Uh-huh. I would check on him, but Avery would not. <laughs> but Avery would not, mm-hmm. and that's who we are. So we, yeah, we'll find out more about that mysterious bicycle boy later. This was hilarious because they had a convert. They had the school start talking all at once. Yeah. So a lot of people were saying things all at once, and one girl was saying, "I'm so sleepy," and another person was saying, "Good morning," and it definitely 100% became, "I'm so horny." <laughs> yeah. This was that a, this, ruled. <laughs> this was a Lion King sex in the clouds moment. <laughs> Not that I can, not that I guess I could really talk about this game having some surprise sexual subtext when so much of the game is about sex. Yeah, it's, it's pretty horny right <laughs> off the bat, but like that was a very funny quote unquote incident. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I think quote we, incidents. I think we mixed the audio uh, in a purposeful way on that one. Mm-hmm. It's very good, but you're in the classroom, you're hearing a bunch of people shattering all of a sudden. Yeah, we meet some cool people. We meet yeah. a girl in a green jacket. We meet hmm. a girl with a red outfit. Right. We see them, I think. And then and then your horrific teacher, Mr. Mora Oka. Giant buck teeth, Ugh. greasy black hair. Oh. You idiot kids are all having sex before marriage. He just, that's how it, yeah. It immediately jumps in there like, like well, he, he introduces you and then is like, I hate wasting my time, but here's a new kid. Yes. And he's like, now you might be from the big city where everybody's doing it. Where but around everybody here, fucks. Yeah, everybody. I know everybody fucks in the big city. Here they don't. This is not how, that's not how we do it around here. Um, <laughs> Nobody's fucked in any of us since 1994. Trust me, I've been keeping an eye on it. He's disgusting. He like, there's like a sign up on the wall that says like 18 days since last time fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like got dust on it because he stopped changing it at a certain point. He just, he, he just started adding zeros. Zero, 180 days. 108. Uh, 1800 days. <laughs> um, and uh, the girl in the green jacket is like, um, excuse me, can he come sit with me? Like, can he sit right here? Which I love. And what a he- funny response to in context of like, now don't go flirting with any of the girls and and don't go getting any funny ideas yeah. and she is immediately like could you get some funny ideas real quick right here um excuse me put that boy next to me <laughs> 
What if she just right? Right. Oh, she pushes somebody else out of the desk. It's like there's a seat right here for that nice she, piece of she, ass. She kicks them in the forehead, <laughs> leaves like an imprint. Some kid that doesn't have colored hair falls she does to the kung ground. Kung fu. Yeah, yeah. He flies out the window. She kicks him so hard, and then she's like, "Um, my liege." <laughs> We, it becomes clear that she really is just, because this is a small town, yeah. wants to make sure that she's right next to the most interesting thing in the room. Absolutely. This is Chie we're talking about. Yes. And, and um, she has a little bob haircut and a green athletic jacket. And With is, some cool little pins on it. She's got cool pins. There's like a smiley face and mm-hmm. something else. And she was really into the Watchmen. Yeah, she loves Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know she loves Watchmen. She does. Everybody loves Watchmen. For a minute. Um, And then... <laughs> That's a good. That's a good meta. Like watch. That's like a good Watchmen joke. Oh, who watches the Watchmen? Children. Well, because minute. Uh, oh, minute. And then they they were also called the minute minute one. Point. Oh, I did a lot of different. Sorry jokes. about this. Like, oh, sorry. You gotta like. Yeah. Uh, is great. I love Chie. Mm-hmm. And then she's sitting near uh, Yukiko, Yukiko Amagi. Amagi, right? Is Yosuke in the class at Yosuke, this point? Yosuke says something about getting a critical hit to the nads. Yeah. <laughs> yep yep he sure does and that's good because this reminds you it's a video game mm-hmm. there are there are like two times it reminds you a video game which i don't love uh-huh. um, but that was a good one this isn't some kind of sci-fi story yeah. one of the students says Yuck. uh i believe what happens in this case this might be the time that yosuke brings chie's trial of the dragon back oh right so the, yeah so this is like so so the game like you go to school and then you have like the pre like the homeroom time in the morning mm-hmm. sometimes a class during the day you see like two minutes of one class <laughs> and then it's after school yeah and so i think after school this is when yosuke brings that he it shows that he knows them already yes and he's like i'm so sorry but your trial of the dragon and she opens up the dvd case and is like you cracked the disc and he's like well that's not all i cracked <laughs> chie really really loves action kung fu movies she loves kung fu movies she loves dvds mm-hmm. she, lo- she loves kung fu dvds yep yukiko is working at an inn that her yep. family runs mm-hmm. and we don't know much about yosuke yet but we get the idea that he's kind of a loser because he fell out of his bike he gets kicked in the nads yeah the, the girls seem to be sort of frustrated with him like, yosuke and he's like oh please please accept this until my next paycheck like yeah. and so he's you know he's trying to make it right he's just bumbling through god it's hard being a teen it's tough being a teen oh, huh? it's tough for everybody to be a teen especially the worst teens and school, they are not allowed to leave for a second at the end of school because oh, Mayumi right. Yamano's body has been found hanging right. from a telephone pole. Yeah, it takes a little while for us to find out what's happening, but they're like confined to school and they're like, okay, go straight home. But then, of mm-hmm. course, you don't go straight home because this is a video game. Mm-hmm. And you wander around until you find the crime scene and kind of hear about the, this, the, the, oh God, that affair we just heard about on the news. Mayumi Yamano, the announcer with whom the affair was being had and vice versa, is, uh, 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 Dead upside down hanging from a TV antenna? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden? A lot of things happen in this moment, too, because Yukiko gets asked out by a creepy dude. Oh, God, yeah. There's, like, a kid waiting out by the fence, and he's like, oh, uh, uh, Yuki-san, mm-hmm. will you go out with me? And he's super weird, and his eyes are not exactly human-looking. Very freaky, yeah. Very freaky. Mm-hmm. But then... She is like, oh, he was just asking you out. And Yukiko's like, oh, really? Like, she's she not attuned to that. Um, you find out that the school has a game, even. The Amagi Challenge. Right. Where people ask her out to see if she'll say yes. And it's like, 
you know, this like courageous feat. Oh, right. And you find out that Yosuke asked her last year. Mm hmm. And she also did not realize he was asking her out. Right. But then Yosuke, after clarifying, is like, oh, so do you want to go out? And right. she says, I think I'm very busy. Yeah. <laughs> says, oh. So <laughs> I think I'm busy forever. He'll just fall into anything. Like mm-hmm. he just, and he does, he kind of rushes forward. He's the, um. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, right. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. He's the Sonic of the story. Maybe. Who were you um, actually thinking of? I don't know. There's somebody else. Magnus who, but- from the Adventure Zone. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Bunch of idiots ru- rush in. I don't know. Yeah, lots of Russian. <laughs> we we see that uh, our new pseudo dad and his partner Adachi are both at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Adachi throws up because he can't handle seeing a dead mm-hmm. body because he's a wimp and mm-hmm. he's a new. He's like a new police person. Alternately, he's an em- empathetic human being who doesn't like to see a dead person. But yeah. if you're a cop, that that's not a good. Not yeah, a, I, well, it's not a great match. But on the other hand, I don't know. So. So he's a, he's like a, a big old wimp that can't even look at a dead body like everybody can do with no problems. <laughs> and and our dad is like, go home. Adachi is like, yeah, it's my Yumi Yamano and says too much like always. Right, right. And then we move on, go home, watch the Juness song with Nanako and then go to bed. Yep, yep. They do the new... So, the, so the, the, I think there's maybe a little, something else about it on the news report. Yes. But like every time, every night we watch the news... And then at the end, it's sponsored by Juness. <laughs> yeah, like, Juness is paying the news station a very, very clearly, like, a, a, like probably a lot of money mm-hmm. to be the like primary sponsor of the evening news. That sort of cl- the close of every major newscast is every day's great at your Juness. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I haven't, I had never thought about that until you pointed it out. That if this commercial was coming on after the news every day, yeah, somebody was paying good money for it. Uh huh. And another piece of context of Inaba that we have is that it's a place currently suffering the loss of all of its small businesses yep. because a Walmart has opened up. Juness is Walmart, mm-hmm. and you've got this like m- several block long street with dozens of shops mm-hmm. on it, and half of them are shuttered yeah. and closed. And these are the like people who have lived here, and they talk several times about like this has been in our family for generations and we've run this, the shop and now we're, we're, we can't get enough business. We're going to have to close it down. And mm-hmm. it's like really sad and frustrating. And the game makes sure that every single one of these businesses is always interactable. So every yep. day it doesn't change, but you can always look at them and see that they have announced their closing forever. So it makes sure it's always available to you to pay attention and notice yeah. that all of these businesses are getting closed with a few exceptions. Uh-huh. One of which is the liquor store. Yep. April 13th. Yes. We again see Yosuke fall out of his bike, this time into a trash can. We decide this time we actually will help him. This sweet little trash boy, Yosuke. Uh, I just love that guy. Our little trash boy, Yosuke, we help him out of the giant trash can. (laughs) Just thinking about it. Oh, boy. Yeah, this. I, I was really glad because I was afraid we were just going to look at him for a second, the second day in a row see something bad happen to him and just decide to keep going to school. But mm-hmm. luckily it's like, no, here, I'm, I'm going to help this guy. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, thanks. And then you very cutely ride on the back of his bike. Oh my God. To school. Which is again, uh, not the decision I would have made We've given seen- full freedom in this game. I would not get on this boy's bike. <laughs> We've seen him crash this bike twice. twice. This guy seems to have like a magnet on his nads, as yeah. he would say. He's- that that <laughs> he just attracts. A, he bought a super magnet belt buckle. <laughs> 
that is drawing him toward Anything dangerous would... objects. <laughs> His bike is somehow non-magnetic. I don't know how bikes work, mm-hmm. but then he's getting sucked toward lampposts and trash cans. Just wong. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Isn't this belt cool? This man's got rare earth magnets. It looks like a horseshoe, but it's really a magnet. And I, whoa! Yosuke Trash Boy, yep. in quotes, whatever his last name is, which I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, he's, I, never mind. That was going to be a joke that I couldn't put together because I didn't know his last name. Was it Yos Trash Boy K? Yos Trash Boy K, Magnet Man. Yeah. Magnet Man. Magnet Man. Yeah. Be on the lookout for Mega Man coming in the crossover. So then Moraoka in our class immediately yeah. tells everybody to stop thinking about the murders. I, so I swear, I swear to God, you better all stop thinking about the murders right now. Don't think about the murders ever again. You're all a bunch of idiots. Teens love murders more than anything, and you're a bunch of dummies. And somehow from that lecture we get, our knowledge goes up. Yeah, right. That was weird. Against all the odds, mm-hmm. Moraoka said something that made us smarter. Or at least we knew something more, which mm-hmm. I think I think the knowledge we gain in that scene is, oh, Moraoka is definitely one of the worst human beings. Uh, and that that is good info for any test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yosuke, who felt the stirrings from our hands on his waist as we rode his bike that morning, decides he's going to mm-hmm. ask us out for a date. Yep. Oh, and did you want to, um, I don't know, hang out? <laughs> he's like, I'm from the big city too. No big deal. I came here about six months ago, so I know exactly how you feel. And we're pretty much exactly the same and well, we should get married. It must be nice to have somebody to talk to who's also from the big city. And we'll definitely move back to the big city with you later on. Yeah, if we need to. Yeah. Did you know that the place, the like local specialty here is grilled steak? Like it's not even a big deal. Can you believe it? It's so dumb. The city has so much more stuff. But would you like to go get grilled steak with me? I will pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's straight up that morning. We saved him, and he was so overwhelmed. He asked us yeah. to get on his bike. This is very Stranger mm. Things mm. right now. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> getting some food for us, getting us on your bike. It's a day. We are his E.T. We are his E.T. <laughs> <laughs> Yosuke is obviously a little bit lonely. He's a, he's a lot thirsty, mm-hmm. and he's he's trying, he's trying to get what he can get, and, and frankly, it's a good choice. Yeah, it's I a mean, good look I mean, we for are him. a choice cut. Mm-hmm. We look great. We've got a good bowl. Looking good. Got a good, good. Everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang in the bag right on the side of the desk. Very, <laughs> very dignified. I love that. Yeah, we've got everything together, and that's yep. very apparent. Yep. Especially considering that all of our stats are already maxed out because we're doing New Game Plus. So we, are, so we have, like, the perfect charm, the best knowledge. We're we're just amazing in every possible the way. The subtext that started to emerge during this playthrough, because we are using a New Game Plus. We are playing on very easy. Don't at me. I don't care. Yeah. Like, no. I've, I, I'm living my life right now, and mm-hmm. we are exploring this game from a narrative standpoint, and, you, you know, we're seeing it. So, yeah. Forget me. Like, don't worry about this. Um, yeah, don't at me. I'm always asleep. Yeah, I'm always asleep. I will not respond. Um, <laughs> but with the New Game Plus, we have everything. And the subtext is starting to emerge, given that Avery is a combination of me and Caleb. Caleb, mm-hmm. who has played and effectively mastered this game, and me, who is the complete noob, um, but also good at stuff. So uh, <laughs> Avery, Avery, <laughs> Avery Gray is a god who has yes. erased his own memory and yes. then gone back in time to replay the best part of his life again. This is the cycle of Maya, mm-hmm. where we are deliberately forgetting that we are God so that we can enjoy a story. Yep. But but periodically, he can go, uh, wait a second, what was the right one to do here? <laughs> and uh, the other half of him can go, 
probably say this. Well, normally when I ask for help, Caleb just looks at me archly and <laughs> he just in, inclines his head to, as if to say, I don't know. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but but so, but there are certain things that we're going like, okay, we're definitely going to get this stuff right so we don't have to like double back too far or mm-hmm. or miss out on certain opportunities. So, in any case, yes. We we are a god and um and uh Yosuke's got the right idea. Yeah. So Chie <clears throat> hears him invite us to get food yep. and says, "You broke my DVD. You have to get me grilled steak too." And Yosuke says, "All right, fine." I'll do it. So we end up going to Juness, yep. where Chie immediately points out there's no grilled stick at Juness. <laughs> and Yosuke says, sorry, it's uh, less expensive here, and I have to pay for both of you now. So Right. So he was trying to take you to a nicer place. Yeah, he was trying to take whoa, us whoa, on a whoa, nice whoa, date. Whoa, nice. And Chie got involved, and he was like, never mind. We're yep. going to go to my job. We're going to go to where I work. where I work, and I'm going to buy, uh, like, I get a discount on the soda. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet his senpai, <clears throat> Saki Konishi. Oh, God. Do you like the way I said senpai just then? Yeah. I really, sh- I really should just not do that, I think. Why? That's what he, I mean, that's how he refers to her. Yeah, I know, but it's, it feels so strange coming from my, my mouth and my tongue. Okay, well, say whatever you want. Senpai. I mean, I mean he says it, so I, I you know, mm-hmm. it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> senpai? Is it bad? Yeah, Add us know. about this. <laughs> Add us about this. I'll be awake for a minute. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we meet Saki Konishi, who works at the Juness as well. Yeah. We find out that she is the daughter of someone who owns the liquor store in town that has had its sales directly affected by Juness. But for some reason, she has also decided to take a job at Juness. And they don't directly address this. Why do you think that is? Is it just for money? Well, I'm having a hard time discussing this in the context of what comes later. I'm like immediately distraught. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, from what I remember before I was heartbroken and, and disturbed is that she got a job at Juness because business wasn't so good. Yeah, at the at at the home shop, which is wow, such a heartbreaking direct thing about this like big yeah. store coming into the small town. Mm-hmm. The fact that a daughter of one of the small businesses, in order to support the small business, has to go work at the company that is killing the small business Oof. is heartbreaking. Welcome to the gig culture, mm. the gig economy. Yeah. <laughs> um. um the digi economy. The di- yeah, we we learn a little bit later that it's maybe a little bit more complicated than that. Like yeah. she, it's kind of like a rebellious thing almost, mm-hmm. but she's not happy about any of it. Yeah, but she treats Yosuke and all of us very. She's sitting. She she okay. She deliberately walks in and sits three tables away, mm-hmm. as if to say, "I am here by myself." Yeah, and then Yosuke is like, oh, "Senpai." I'd better go say hi. And then he accosts her in this like milady kind of way yes. that is super gross. Very annoying like, immediately. It's like he's not being the worst human being that you can be, but that's also lowering the bar. It's well, it's set up so that you immediately can tell he is trying too hard and yep. she is like trying to be really nice. She's trying it. to deflect him gently. Yeah. So she comes over and immediately to our face is like, Yosuke is the most annoying person in the world. <laughs> yeah. And she says it like a joke, but it's not a joke. <laughs> and then Yosuke, and then she laughs and is like, oh, I'm just kidding. Ha ha ha. And Yosuke's like, oh, he's a big sweat drop. <laughs> so we talked to her for a minute yep. and then she has to go back to work because she was just on her break. Right. So then Chie brings up the Midnight Channel. The Midnight Channel is a thing where if you watch a TV that's off at midnight mm. during the rain, <laughs> you'll see uh, your true love in yeah. it. And that's funny, except it's true. So that evening, we decide we're going to watch it. Also, this is when we noticed that the, the news announcer on the TV gives the weirdest line readings. 
Yes. I wonder if it was an attempt to make him sound live. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because they make every single, every, almost every single one of his sentences has at least one part of it that's like almost wrong. Like a like, weird emphasis. He's reading it wrong. Yeah. I think that it it is probably a little bit of a joke about like a rural... Like this is not the big leagues. Mm-hmm. These are they're, these are professionals, but they're not at the top of their game. <laughs> so you're reading the news every night for this small town and doing fine. Be like if I tried to be a news newscaster. We're still waiting for news reporterbadorts from. Oh yeah, about, it's about the Medorbiter. It's so funny. He actually he actually does insert letters into words, <laughs> and so. I, <laughs> So either this part of the game was recorded too fast, and they uh, were like, "Just get it, just get it out of there, just get, go, come on, just do the takes." Uh, or my Yumi Namanamano, Yumi Namanamano. Or it's uh, either way, it's funny. Mm-hmm. We started cracking up about that part, and he, I think it gets better. Like I don't, I didn't notice it in subsequent days as much, but there are a few days in a row where it's like, "This guy, get him out of there!" Can you believe that in our rural town of Inabadabada, there has been a Madurbadur? <laughs> Uh, we go to the Midnight Channel, and we see a figure with gray hair in it, the grayish, yeah. blondish hair like Saki Kanishi has. Right. It is Saki, pretty clearly to oh, us. Oh, man. Yeah, I was like, oh, please do not let that be Saki. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it was. Interestingly, there's yellow, red, and blue dots reflected in the TV that we see a bunch. Oh. Which I find... I didn't notice int- that. I believe that it's those three colors, which I thought was really cool, because that's the persona, persona colors. colors. Oh. And we have a, like headache spike mm. and are suddenly inspired to touch the television we do right. we hear i am thou thou art i and his hand goes into the tv yeah and then we jerk our hand out the midnight channel ends and we are aghast Ooh, spooky yeah. Thankfully, that cliffhanger is not the end. We've got another part of this week coming for you soon, so keep your eyes peeled. And until next time, every day's great. Every day's great. (laughs) 